2022. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And I'm John. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right. Exodus. Exodus. Planes coming in for a landing. So this will be our third week, and we've already made it through two of some of the longest books in the Bible, in the Bible mm. right? So just shows you the pace and how fast it goes. The pace, yeah, yeah. And remember, you're you're getting a bird's eye view, right? right. If you want to get down in the text and walk around, uh, <laughs> you can do that on your own right now with the pilots, <laughs> right? The tour guide just flying you through and pointing out things for your latest study. Yeah, yeah. And, and just to recap, recap where we were, bro. <clears throat> uh, Exodus twenty-five to thirty-one was the instructions about yeah. the tabernacle. Yeah. 35 to 40 yeah. is going to be the construction of mm. the tabernacle. Yeah. And then 32 to 34 is right. this like parenthesis, right? right? It's this kind of pause in the right, narrative. Right, right, right. Where 32, they was wilding. And Moses is like, yo, Lord, I, I need you to still go with us. Right. <laughs> I know these people are wild. I need you to still go with us. But it's structured that way because, again, God is trying to show that uh, the tabernacle is the solution to this sinful problem of man, right. right? That he is going to provide a way to come back into his presence. Yeah, that, but that uh, it's not just God's blessings, it's God's presence that's needed. Because right. God's like, yo, Moses, all right, man, y'all go. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to catch y'all later. I'm going to holler at y'all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I ain't going to rock with y'all. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's like, yo, no, like, Nothing matters, right? Yeah. He pens a Alicia Keys song before <laughs> she does, yeah. right? She's like, yo, everything means nothing if I ain't got you. Mm. And his point is, no, 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 God, listen, if this thing is really going to work, mm. we don't just need you to work for us. We yeah. need you to be with us, right? Yeah, so Moses good. knows and he gets uh, God's presence. Yeah, and the presence of God is Moses's primary priority. And it should be ours as well. Yeah. And I think that uh, one of the things that um, is true about our day, bro, I think we want God's perks without his presence. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yo, we want community, right. but we don't really want Christ. Right. Right. We yeah. want intimacy, but we don't really want the intimacy that God can give. Right. right. All of these things we really want, yep. but we don't want God. And Moses is like, no, no, no. We won't make it in the wilderness if we don't have you. We won't make it to the promised land. And I think that's what we need to remember here. Yeah. Regardless of what we lose, regardless of what we can't take, we need God's presence on this journey. Fast forward to the Lord's prayer. Yeah. And when they're like, yo, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Mm. The way that he starts is, is, is he says this, right? Follow the pronouns. Our Father who is in heaven, mm. cause your name to be honored. Yeah. Your kingdom come, your will be done. The first half of the prayer before he gets in and starts to ask God for the yeah. perks and the blessings and the forgiveness yeah. is he's like, no, 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 God, your presence comes before your provision, <clears throat> right? And Moses gets that here. So yeah. as he's face to face with God, God saying, yo, Moses, I'll give you my provision. Mm. My presence ain't just going to tag along. And he he understands who God is mm. enough for him to say, no, God, we need your presence. Yeah. yeah. And God is going to, yeah, say, yo, I'm going to go with y'all. And the thing that's crazy is Moses is going to say, yo, God, let me see your glory. Right. Right. Because he's like, I just need to see your glory. This is this is crazy what's going on. I right. need you to come with us and I need to see your glory. In 34, circle Exodus 34. Right. I know we said that a bunch, but it is another super important chapter in the Bible. And one of the things we saw throughout Exodus, bro, is that God is revealing himself. Right. So in Exodus 3, he's going to say, 
no, no. God, who's, who am I going to tell these folks <laughs> that I'm, I'm bringing them out? He says, I am. Tell them uh -huh. I am sent you. Yeah. Right? He shows himself to be um, this infinite and independent being. Right. But then in the plague narrative, yeah. he's going to show himself to have infinite and independent power. Right. And then here, he's going to show himself to be the one of infinite and independent mercy and goodness, bro. This is it, bro. And this is the crazy thing. You know what? You know what I'm going Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do you I, do I, it? I know. You dig it? Go, go, go. <laughs> bro, he shows himself. He says, yo, I can't go because they're stiff-necked people. Yeah. But the reason he does go because that even though they're stiff-necked people is because he is the God who is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love and truth, maintaining faithful love to thousand generations, bro. When he is revealing himself, yeah, right. The first thing that God says about himself is that he's compassionate and gracious, mm. right? So. He does this because he wants them to know how compassionate and gracious he is. Right. Moses saw God as that. The people that were with God saw God as that. Mm. It's amazing that people who actually read the Bible now mm. would look at the Old Testament and they don't see God as that. Yeah. Like if we were face to face with the actual people that spent 40 years in the wilderness. In the Old Testament, right. They would say, what? Nah, God is gracious, gracious and compassionate mm. and slow to mm. anger and abounding in love. A wrathful God. Yeah. What do you mean? Look at how he's dealt with us for 40 years, right? Look, look. Who has the audacity to ask a tyrant mm. for forgiveness? That's good. You do not ask a tyrant for forgiveness. Yeah. You ask somebody for forgiveness mm. who you expect will forgive you yeah and that's what takes place here that's good bro yeah. that's so good and he says it man he says like in the statement he says you know um uh what does he say maintain a faithful love to a thousand generations yeah. right and see the contrast he says visiting the, the not leaving the guilty unpunished but bringing the consequences of the father's iniquity on the children to the third and fourth generation so you see the contrast right the grace compassion and love is for a thousand generations and then bringing the consequences is to the third or fourth this is what and, i'm saying and don't let people what? that don't let people that have not read their bible Facts. tell you that Thanks. there is some contrast in between the book of Malachi and Matthew. Yeah. Right? There is not a line of demarcation. Mm. God and Jesus are not at odds. Yeah. One does not have to convince the other to be something. You serve a compassionate and a gracious God yeah. as seen not just in what he did in the past, but think of your own life and look at all the stuff that he's quote unquote let you get away with. Yeah. Look at all the stuff that you've done that you haven't received. Mm the penalty for and you tell me that god is wrathful and an exacting judge who's been looking over your shoulder beating you down for every time you did mm. something wrong and we would see that's just not true amen amen <laughs> bro and the number 1000 in the old testament right is often symbolic for infinity right, right? that's that's just a big number that he uses to describe infinity because yeah. think about it. it it can be literal too because it's like a thousand generations. A generation is 40 years. That's 40,000 years. The Exodus was actually like a few thousand years ago on right. a conservative and liberal liberal right. estimate. God is just saying, bro, like my faithful love doesn't end. Bro. Right. And you know what's crazy, bro? Mm. Exodus 3. Yeah. Moses doesn't worship. Mm. After the plagues. The text doesn't say Moses worships. Right. Here, once God reveals that, Moses drops down, bro. Right. And I think what people need to be convinced of today is not just that God exists. Exodus right. 3. Mm. 
but that but a the, good God. That God is good. That God is good. A good God exists. Yep. And so, yeah, you uh, see how Moses responds here, bro. Yeah. worships. In these texts as well, God is going to talk about his jealousy, right? Yeah. Um, Israel is God's spouse. And I want you to know this. Uh, jealousy is not the same thing as insecurity, mm. right? Jealousy is actually the right expression of love mm. when who you love has betrayed you. Yeah. Jealousy is about affection, especially when you know they left you for something that's worse than you, mm. right? It's one thing to be like, yo, you cheated on me with a uh, supermodel? Yeah. I get it. I'm 37 years old. My six pack ain't popping like it used to. I'm mad, but I get it. It's mm. one thing where it's like, but yo, you cheated on me with, with him? <laughs> right? Like, and God saying, no, no, look, yeah. look. I'm jealous because God's saying, I gave you me. And yeah. that's the best thing that's mm. out there. Mm. And Israel, I loved you as a spouse. Y'all don't be unfaithful with mm. something worse than me. God's saying, yo, if there was someone better than me out there, mm. I would give them to you. Yeah. But there's not, right? So jealousy is not the same thing as insecurity. It's actually the right expression of a true and faithful love yeah. in the face of betrayal. Amen. Amen. No, that's excellent, bro. Um. The, the, the text ends at 35 and 36. They start back, or they start actually building the physical temple. And one of the things that's dope, man, is that you see that everybody has a role, right? Yeah. In building the kingdom of God according to what they already have. Yeah. Right? And so they just give what they have, and the tabernacle is being built. Right. And I just want to say on a pastoral note, bro, like, if you're listening to this, do not believe the lie that God doesn't want to use you to build his church. That's it. Right? That's I've it. talked to so many people, especially in the pandemic, where they're like, yo, I feel like my presence isn't needed. Right. Why, would, why, do, why do we need me around? What do right. I have to contribute? Right, right, right. And this text shows that you do, right. right? That we all have a role. And at the end of the day, especially in 36, it's going to talk about how they had everything they needed. Right. And yep. I think the beauty of this text is, is that as the people of God brought all they had, they realized that they had all that they needed. How mm. much better would our churches be? If we believe that's dope. that true. Yeah. And by building the church, not the building, the mm -hmm. community, right? Right, right, right. The tabernacle at this time, right, as we talk through God's people, God's place, it's and God's the of the it's the unique place, yeah, yeah where uh, it was symbolic of God dwelling. Right. God actually dwells within his community, within his church. That is his Amen. special place where the invisible attributes of God are made tangible good, not bro. just through the lives of the christian but through the lives of mm. the christians that's good. gathered that's right good. and yeah and we all have a role to play in that yeah. to ensure that the glory of god is put on full display yeah. in our world yeah amen yeah let's pray let's pray father we uh thank you for your beautiful uh word and the truth you give us we thank you that uh you are gracious and compassionate uh, showing faithful love to thousands of generations uh, we pray that we were